fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Your darn it's the Voice of Reason. Welcome into the program. It is a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. Welcome into the show, your Millennial General, reporting for duty, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio, TV, and the live streaming Plus, we have the podcast as well. It is a massive show today. We're going to try and cram so much into the show. It's going to be like Joe Biden trying to like cram so many signatures into a three-day period. <laughs> See what we did there? We have fun on this program. <laughs> Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Kurt Hyde. He is a writer for The New American. He'll be joining to talk about a new piece that he came out with of uh, talking about voter integrity. Election integrity. Now, just by mentioning this, we'll probably get banned on our social media sites. We probably won't be allowed to talk about this a whole lot because, I mean, you know, social media doesn't want us to mention these things. The mainstream media doesn't want us to talk about voter integrity and election integrity. But you know what? That's what we do here on the show. We try to ruffle them feathers the best that we can. So, hey, welcome into the show. Great to have you along for the ride today. You can visit us all over our social media at Hoosier Reason on all of our Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn. All of them have the live stream on the new social media of OurFreedomBook.com. You can find that and download that on your phone as well. Plus the website at HoosierReason.com. So speaking of voter integrity, election integrity, I find this ironic. This is about how much that I actually trust the presidential election of 2020. According to LMTOnline.com, a high schooler and her mother hacked into the school records to steal the homecoming queen election. They say that she was gloating to her friends and individuals at the school because her mother was an assistant principal at the school and had uh, had access, obviously, to the student records. Now, I don't know why they would keep the voting of the prom king and queen in the voting or in the student records, but they did. And apparently the mother went in and changed the votes in the record for her daughter to win homecoming queen. Let me tell you, that's how much I trust the general election of 2020 in the presidential race. Although, except for a mother, it was probably the Chinese and the Russians, uh, which I think a lot of people are now concerned about the Chinese and the Russians. Not to be racist, but it's just stating the fact that we don't trust these nations uh, with our national diplomacy or with our international diplomacy because they have their hands in both of them now. According to the new Gallup survey, China is now the U.S.'s greatest enemy, according to the average American. Now, let me get this straight. There were rumors about which they say now are just completely false that Russia had spread misinformation about Biden to the Trump team and to the media and to the general public during the the latest election. CNBC tried to run this story. But yet China is a threat. And the concerns were that Joe Biden were working with Russians and working with the Chinese. And obviously, Joe Biden has given the Chinese a lot in our nation. And he was getting money from the Chinese, which, uh, sorry, allegedly he was getting money from the Chinese. But now, now that he's in office, what's the greatest threat? Not Iran. 
What's the greatest? Not the Middle East. What's the greatest? Not North Korea. Not the communist. Oh, that's right. It's China. According to the latest Gallup survey, 45% of Americans say now that China is the greatest enemy of the U.S., more than double the percentage who said so in 2020. So we have the general population, the majority of them allegedly voting for Joe Biden in the general election of 2020, and say, hurrah, you know, not necessarily because of Joe Biden. We've been asking about this, and there hasn't been a single person on anywhere, even especially on the left side of the aisle, where we've said, I love Joe Biden. He's the greatest guy on the face of the earth. I love it. Oh, man, he's just doing these policy things that are so wonderful. I haven't heard a single person say that. I have, however, just say, oh, thank God that Donald Trump's gone. So the hatred of one individual is apparently more important than the nation. But besides that point. We're concerned about Donald Trump, so we vote in Joe Biden, and now the person that the we were concerned about colluding with this nation and getting money from them is now the nation that we're concerned about the most. I find that kind of ironic. Joe Biden, what do you say here? I mean, you've been in office for so long now, Joe. How are you feeling for the first two months in the administration? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. All right, just making sure. Making sure. I mean, you are trying to bring faith back into the federal government. Trust The federal government, Uh, the old words that Ronald Reagan used to say, the nine scariest words in the English language, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Where's that seven? Whatever. But now he wants faith in the federal government. Faith. We need to have faith just like we do in the higher powers because Joe's an expert at that, remember. And if we do, and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim the palmist (laughs) with the palmist who wrote these following words. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I know this is kind of a rhetorical question, but how are we supposed to have faith in the federal government when you lie 90% of the time? Now, it's not just because you're a Democrat or just because you're Joe Biden, but it's because you're a politician. And every lie has a little bit of truth into it, which is why so many people fall for these lies. And most on the left side of the aisle especially are very, very gullible when they say, oh, the COVID-19 stimulus package is all for the American people. It's for the little guy. It is for that money, that paycheck that I'm getting back to me, and I'm totally happy with that. It is majoritively going to Americans, which is not. And those that fall for that are very gullible. They're just very either gullible or naive or just completely ignorant. I'm not sure which one. I'm sure that there's a varying uh, grayscale there of some degree. And sure, you know, do I like my check? Sure, I'll take my check. It's my money anyways. You shouldn't have had it in the first place, federal government, but it's my money, so I'll gladly take that. But when 10% of the money is actually going towards you and I, and the rest is going towards state and local governments, which they don't necessarily need, when it's going towards education, when they haven't spent any money over the last year and still are not mandated to open back up at a national level, but they're just getting money. And then the 14, 20, 15%, whatever of the other category of, you know, trying to preserve Native American language preservation, why that's in a COVID bill, not quite sure. But it doesn't matter as long as you get your paycheck, then you are totally and completely happy. And when he lies about, I don't know, like how COVID's doing, when he lies about how the stimulus package is laid out and what it's going to do for the American people and what it's not going to do for the American people, when he lies about the promises that he made on the campaign trail, which you can't really hold a politician, uh, I guess, to their word on the campaign trail because they just say things. They just say things. When you lie about the coal industry, which that was my favorite. I have to admit, running as vice president to Barack Obama in 2008, that was my favorite. There's no such thing as clean coal energy, right, Joe? While Barack Obama's running on a campaign of clean coal <laughs> energy. So well done, Joe. Well done. The dementia started way earlier, and yet we now have him as president. He lied about what he was going to do about the Green New Deal. 
He lied about guns. No, I take that back. He didn't lie about guns. He said exactly what he was going to do with the firearms. Now that we have a anti-Second Amendment bill going through Washington, D.C., it's very evident what he's going to do with the Second Amendment, and it's what he said he was going to do. So we got to give him credit for that. He was at least honest there that he wanted to take away firearms from individuals. So we have to give him credit for telling the truth on that front. But while all of these lies are floating out there, now he says that he wants to make give people trust into the federal government Again, he wants people to trust the federal government again. And I'm curious why he wants us to trust the federal government when he hasn't done anything that is worthy of trust. And first off, why would you trust a government entity in the first place? They're not supposed to be trustworthy. They're supposed to be limited, and they're supposed to say, hands off, and then just give you the rights to do whatever the heck you need to do. But that's not the way we operate in today's society today, is it? At the same time, now we're looking at one of the largest tax increases since the 1990s, early 1990s, about 1993. The largest tax increase. We're still coming off an economic hit where we have, by the way, $3 trillion of a deficit in the first six months of a federal budget where we have more money going out than ever before. We have more money coming in than ever before. The first quarter of 2021, they're expected to see like 8 to 10% GDP growth. That is astronomical in a first quarter. And yet we're still like $3 trillion in a deficit because we can't keep up with our spending. So what does he do? He wants to raise the taxes. After a year of shutdown with businesses that are dying, with people that are still unemployed, with people that are struggling, now they want to do a tax increase. And you want us to trust the government. Does this make any sense to anybody? Because you would think that even if you wanted to do a tax increase, if you are the most crazy left-wing, progressive, liberal, communist, socialist, whatever you want to call them, nut job, if you are that far down the aisle of complete insanity, you would think, wow, we just came off an economic hit from locking down the entire country. Maybe we should let the country rebound a little bit and open up before we raise the taxes. But again, this is the guy on the campaign trail that really laid out his economic plan. So you go ahead and you stack spaghetti sauce at a store and in, in, in a supermarket. You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. What happens? They make you management. It's a solid economic plan that I can get behind. Spaghetti managers in a distribution plant. That's the economic plan from Joe Biden. That is what's going to be advocating for a tax increase, and the Democrats are loving it. Why? Because the few that did survive the COVID-19 pandemic that are trying to still open up, that did try to keep their employees, they're the ones that are going to get the tax increases, trying to drive more businesses out, trying to get more people on the unemployment line. So that way, when the ex- uh, the, you want to know what the real reason is, the expiration of the unemployment benefits that we just extended for COVID through September. When those are done, and there's not a lot of businesses that are actually still open because of tax increases that they want to ram through here shortly and get implemented, probably do it in a retroactive way so that way it goes back to January because that's just the way Democrats like to work as well. When that happens and more people are on the assembly or on the unemployment line because their jobs shut down and their businesses closed, then we can extend it even further. Because if we, I told you, you give them an inch, they take two miles. You extend unemployment benefits. You expand the unemployment benefits because it's a COVID. It's a pandemic. It's a very scary time. Okay, we do that temporarily. Now we need to extend it out. Then people are fearful of coming back to work. And then we do tax increases and the business is shut down and we have to pay more into it. Well, we got to pay for those to continue on.
we got to pay to expand those. And by the way, if you just get on it, we'll take care of you too. And if you don't get on it, then you just need to be paying your fair share because you are probably the rich elite individuals, the jerks that have been able to survive this whole time, that are that still have some money in your pocket trying to survive, and we need that. The way this breaks down with $1.9 trillion that's been floating all over social media is roughly around $14,000 per individual. So you're getting a $1,400 check that you have to pay back to the government in the means of roughly $14,000 based on population size and based on how much this bill actually was. That does not include the previous $1 trillion in a deficit that we already had for the first five months of the fiscal year. That does not include the roughly $28 trillion that we have as an entire debt for the federal government, and we're concerned about China. Well, because China's buying off our debts. China's buying off our bonds. China's wanting to take like land and start saying, hey, we can't keep purchasing this because this is getting way out of hand. But it's the position we put ourselves in. It's what we decided to do when we said we'd rather have someone like Joe Biden as opposed to Donald Trump. And I'm not saying Donald Trump was the best fiscal guy either. I mean, he spent a lot of money. He was all about infrastructure as well. But we need to say, wait a second, let's stop for a second. When you do your personal budget and money's going out and going out and going out, don't you sometimes just say, hold it, wait a second, stop. I need to reprioritize here. I need to figure out what's going out, where it's going, and how can we stop that from actually happening? But these guys, ah, we'll just raise the taxes up. We're good. We're good. Just raise them taxes. Mm-hmm. Take a break. When we come back, we have a lot to get to today. We have David Hogg back in the news. We'll talk about election integrity and a heck of a lot more right here on The Voice of Reason for a post-Monday celebration. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration. You can find us all over our social media at Hoosier Reason on the website at HoosierReason.com. Trying to reignite faith in government. Joe Biden talking about the COVID-19 stimulus money, which, by the way, should be coming out tomorrow for direct deposit on St. Patrick's Day, the greatest day of the entire year. So I guess, you know what, that's a nice little green surprise for everybody. (laughs) According to him, in the next 10 days, we'll reach two goals. Quote, 100 million shots in people's arms and 100 million checks in people's pockets. Both of them, by the way, Donald Trump had already done, but he wants to take the credit for. But because the way that he's doing it, he's going to reignite faith in the federal government because we should just trust someone like Joe Biden. So uh, are you more faithful to the federal government? Thank you, government, for giving me that $1,400 check. I appreciate that so much. Now I have to pay a $14,000 back. That's What kind of interest rate would that be, by the way? You take $1,400 out and you got to pay $14,000 back. What type of interest rate would that be? A lot. That's what that would be. Just throwing that out there. By the way, on the other front, here's the latest in what's trending right now. What's trending today? So I don't know if you remember or not, David Hogg, the individual that was involved in the school shooting down in Parkland, Florida, and and then he went on the whole escapade about being the spokesperson for the anti-gun movement across the nation and how we just need to get rid of all these terrible firearms. And I have no sympathy, and I can say that because I was part of a high school shooting, so therefore I'm not trying to belittle him because I was in the same boat. And actually, I was way closer to it. He was in a separate building. I was in the room below. So I guess I have a little bit more validity than what he actually did. Not trying to brag because it's nothing to brag about. I am just saying, though, that he got a national deal talking about anti-guns. I'm still talking about pro-firearms and see where that's gotten me. David Hogg has gone off on the tirade saying that he was going to start a pillow company to compete against Mike Lindell because Mike Lindell is just a big meanie head, according to David Hogg. But now, according to PJMedia.com, David Hogg's pillow company seems to have already failed. What? Remember when anti-gun activist David Hogg woke up one day and decided to start a pillow company? Oh, that's right. Uh, David Hogg has tweeted, uh, we're going to prove the progressives can make a better pillow, run a better business, and help make the world a better place while doing it, was his tweet just not long ago. Um, But since then, he hasn't done anything. He might be realizing that it's difficult to actually run a business, and then maybe, just maybe, he'll say, wait a second, these taxes are too damn high. Just maybe... I can't start a business because I have no idea what I'm doing. and I, don't, I. But you would think, though, if he really said something like that and if the progressives really like rallied around him, then they would make something happen. It would be like, I don't know, like whatever corporations are funding him to travel around and speak about this stuff. They'd be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Here's some money. Let's start this little media or let's start this little pillow company, which I really wanted to try them. I have to admit, I really wanted to try a David Hogg pillow because do you realize how soft they would be? Do you realize how comfortable and soft they would be they would be full of liberal tears they would be full of just snowflakes they would be probably the softest most comfortable pillow you could ever have i would totally buy a david hog my pillow on the other hand if you did rest on it then it would just probably disintegrate because of the liberal tears and the snowflakes that would be stuffing the pillow but that's what it would be made of i mean because that's what he is and he would have to try and do what he knows in order to make the pillow a, progr- a positive thing so the liberal tears and the snowflakes would probably make the softest pillow ever and i would have to try one just throwing the idea out so why can't you get this going david hog come on man 
you need to get your business up and running. I need to get one of those. And then when I like just lay on it, it goes, and then it just disappears. Because that's exactly what they do. Uh, I mean, when you start laying in bed and start talking politics with your significant other, because that's what every family does, by the way. Hey, Mrs. Voice of Reason, did you hear? That's what every family does, right? Oh, I'm tired, honey. What'd you do today? Can you believe these dang on people? Yeah, when you start doing that, then the pill would just disappear anyways, because they would run and hide into their safe space. So there is a benefit for you as well. But come on, David Hawk, get your acts together and get your pillow company running. The heck you waiting for, buddy? Had to take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by our guest, Kurt Hyde. He'll be joining, talking about voting integrity. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program here on a post-Monday celebration. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. We are all over the place on radio and TV across the nation. Live streaming and podcasting as well. Thanks for hanging out with us today as you do every single day. Make sure to check out Hoosierreason.com. We have our live streaming. We have our blog up there. We have our podcast links. We have our social media links. We have everything there for you. We are halfway through the month, but we have just a couple weeks left. So get ready for another newsletter coming out at the end of this month as well, which we always send uh, the first day of the next month. But get ready for that. You can sign up, become a Hoosierholic, which we appreciate very much. Just go to Hoosierreason.com. There's no I in Hoosier, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com. When it pops up, it says, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? You say, heck yeah, I do. Sign up totally free. We're not going to spam you all the time. And we'll just send out that monthly newsletter talking about the latest and greatest, maybe get a little bit deeper into a topical issue that we talk about on the show, all the fun civic holidays coming up for the next month and otherwise. Speaking of holidays, I have to apologize. I have failed miserably this year. Miserably. Tomorrow is the greatest holiday of the entire year with St. Patrick's Day, and I have not done a single thing on this program to celebrate that. Usually, by like January, we're starting to play St. Patrick's Day Irish music. I have not done that on the show. We'll probably do something special tomorrow. I mean, we're going to do our special program. I mean, I always have a special program for St. Patrick's Day, but... I, I've been failing this year, so I apologize for that because I know that you, I, you've been waiting so much for the St. Patrick's Day stuff on this program. So I have failed you miserably, and I will rectify that situation right away. In the meantime, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what's trending today. 
What's trending today? What's trending today is that we're still coming off a very bitter election back in November. And as I read the story at the beginning of the uh, the show of the high schooler and her mother hacking the school records to steal the homecoming queen election. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't have the girl not going out and being prom queen for sure. And since the mother was only the assistant principal at the same school, that she was able to get into the student records and kind of fudge some of the numbers and actually make her daughter come out to be homecoming queen. That's about as much as I trust some of the electoral process across the nation. Just throwing it out there. So to talk about some of that and more, what's coming up, The as you know, H.R. 1, the big election bill going through the federal government right now, discussing as they try to ram that thing through. What's it going to look like? What's in it? And what can we do to preserve our election process for the next election to make sure that you and I trust the system when we go in and actually cast our ballot? I'm excited. He is the uh, he's a writer contributor to the New American with his latest piece, Restoring Election Integrity. Excited to have on the program Kurt Hyde with us here. Kurt, how are you, my friend? Doing just great. Nice to hear from you. And how are you doing? I'm living the dream, and I appreciate you coming on the show very much. It's a very touchy subject for a lot of people right now. I mean, we're coming off a bitter election. Donald Trump claimed a voter fraud uh, across the bout that he said would have swung it. I do believe there was fraud. I don't know if there was enough to change the outcome or not. But going forward, there's a lot of people that just don't trust the system that could, I think, more so on the Republican side, hurt future elections but just before we start moving forward let's talk about your thoughts just what happened over this last election and what can we do to start moving forward well very clearly there's been so much evidence that has been gathered and has been presented and the courts are just ducking out on their responsibilities to to actually hold these cases and evaluate the evidence and give us a ruling yeah uh, that is horrible. Uh, this recent article that I have in the New American is talking about some of the uh, necessary changes that we uh, should be using to bring our to reinstate our elections to to get them back on track. So let's, let's say let's make American elections great again. <laughs> That's what we need to do. I mean, I want to make sure that when I go in, which I'm I'm a millennial, I'm 32, but at the same time, I, I'm probably in the wrong industry because I don't trust media a whole lot. I don't trust technology a whole lot. When I go in, I still like to fill out a paper ballot. I like to scan it and make sure that it works nicely. So that way we have a paper trail of everything. But the way things are going, the way that they want to do same-day voter registration, the uh, doing early voting like two months out, three months out in advance, being able to not really have to verify yourself. I mean, here in the state of Kansas, we have some of the more stringent voting laws in the nation, but those are starting to get reversed because they're racist or they're bad. We're not allowed to actually verify voter registration lists in, in states. I mean, I've heard in, Cal- in California in some counties that there's like 2 million voter registrants that are on there illegally from people that either died that haven't been cleaned up to illegal aliens that need to be cleaned up to people that have moved that are just registered once or twice on there. I mean, the entire process is insane, but we're not allowed to look at that stuff. Well, that's really a problem. And there are also numerous uh, counties and states where the voter registration list count is more than 100% of the uh, eligible people who could become voters in those counties and even in some states. Wow. And uh, uh, the voter registration cleanup is, is, is critical. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, back in 1986, I spoke in Boston at the First National Symposium on Computers and the Electoral Process, and uh, 
that's where I, uh, I'm, I'm actually the first person to have advocated for a paper trail in the voting equipment. Sure. And, and, and then, of course, um, uh, we had a major uh, newspaper from the East Coast uh, had a reporter there, and I told him about it, and it just didn't seem to register with him that what I had done with my computer science students uh, was that uh, important. It just didn't. But uh, the New American used to be headquartered in Belmont, Massachusetts. Now it's in uh, uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. But uh, it, it was so when that symposium was over, I actually drove over to Gary Benoit, went over and met Gary Benoit, the uh, editor of the New American. I told him about my presentation and how I had looked at these new electronic voting booths that were under development and had just come out on the market, and that I had said that what they need is what I call a manually recountable ballot. But today it's known as the paper trail or voter verified paper ballot, something like that. Sure. And he got it. He got it right then. And we had an article in the uh, October 13th, 1986 issue of The New American, and that makes The New American the first magazine to advocate for the paper trail as well. Wow. But we need more than, and the paper trail is good. We need the paper trail. But our elections have gone downhill even more since since then, where we now need to reinstate the paper trail of the results. Right. Because uh, uh, with, with everything totally electronic, uh, you have no idea who's monkeying with those numbers. Well, and that's the concern. I mean, I don't know how much you've been following the Dominion system, for example, but Mike Lindell came out with his video from My Pillow, and he released this talking about all the voter fraud issues that he was concerned about. I know that there are some still court cases lingering out there, but they're not really gaining any traction, or at least we're not hearing about it in the media if they are. But with concerns about Dominion, how, I mean, how concerning should we be with Dominion voting systems, or is it just a bunch of, uh, just a big farce and it's just not true and we just need to go along with the system? Well, I'm going to let the people who've done the investigations of the individual brands of the computer equipment handle their aspect of it. But the thing I'm going to say is that for any equipment, what we really need to do is to have not just a paper trail, but uh, there's a law in the state of New Hampshire, and I helped to write that, even though I'm not from New Hampshire. uh, But when I was working up there, I was working for a high-technology company, and um, and three of us got together. Uh, one was a state representative uh, who has recent who has passed away a few years ago, and the other one was the Secretary of State, and he still is Secretary of State, Bill Gardner up there. And we put together a law, and that law got passed in 1996, and it just says that if you're going to use computerized uh, equipment to count the votes, then the votes themselves must be of the kind where the voter marks the ballot and the ballot gets read by a computer. And uh, that's uh, pretty much been known as an optical scan type ballot. Right. And, but we also need to, uh, uh, to make sure that the equipment does not have the ability to be, to, to be wired to the Internet. Right. And I don't know for sure which ones are and which ones are not, and I know that uh, I've been told by some of my local people in the elections office here in Denton County, Texas, they say, well, don't worry. Ours don't have uh, 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 Internet capability. Uh, the machines that we have just don't have that capability. And then I'm also finding out that some places, the documentation from the company says that, 
But then some people have called in and said there's something wrong with our system, and they're, the technicians from the computer vendors have uh, have said, don't worry, we can fix it from here. We say, well, wait a minute now. If this thing isn't connected online, how can that be happening? And I don't know for sure which brands there are that are doing it. But one of the things that I have found is that uh, I have been studying the history. Even though I come from a technology background, I have been studying history myself, documenting the history of how elections used to be. And uh, it used to be that 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 the uh, the public was allowed to watch every aspect of the voting, except for the secret ballot. To watch, you know, everything else was available to the public to watch. You you didn't need to be appointed as a poll watcher. You could just walk on down and just look at just look around for yourself to see how the election was being run. And uh, I recently purchased a, uh, a book of the New York State election laws in 1871. I got that. And it says right in there that the vote count must be public and counting the votes must begin immediately upon closing the polls and it cannot be interrupted or delayed in any way. And then when the results are known, they must be proclaimed publicly interesting i tell you what let's let's hold that thought and let's continue that when we come back here we're talking with kurt hyde author of restoring election integrity the latest piece out of the new american when we come back i want to continue this with the history of the election process and then talk about hr1 and what we could look forward to with that bill if they end up passing that one as well it's the voice of reason for a tuesday stay here the voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration talking about some of the voter integrity stuff. Andy, the election's so over. Just get over it. Not trying to compete against this last election. I'm trying to make sure that we have a, a safe and fair one moving forward. Plus, this HR1 bill is absolutely absurd from the federal level. And we need to address this now so you can start making phone calls now to make sure that this doesn't go through. Because imagine what this would do to the electoral process moving forward. We would never, ever, ever have a Republican win again. It's not just because, well, you're just opening it up to everybody. No, it's because there's so much opportunity for fraud, for shenanigans uh, within this that there would be no way. States run their elections. States need to run the elections. Because if it's federalized, then the federal government controls it. And you know what happens when the federal government controls things. That's not what we need. Kurt Hyde, he is the author of the latest piece from Restoring Election Integrity from the New American. Uh, Kurt, let's talk about this HR1 here real quick, and let's talk about the uh, the potential damage this could do, moving the verification and the process from the state level to the federal level. I mean, right now, the federal government and the Constitution really just says for elections, you just need to be an American citizen. Outside of that, it's up to you, state, to decide what the requirement is to verify said uh, American citizenship. And some states have photo ID. Some do uh, registration at a certain time. Some some actually have open voter registration on the day of voter registration, which I do not like in any way, shape, or form. They have the early voting, which I do not like. I don't know why it's so challenging to get to the voting booth on election day. Heck, even just you know close it like a federal holiday and just say, go vote. Go do your thing. Why can't we streamline this at the state level to make sure that we have things in place to verify you are who you are and that you're legitimately able to vote as opposed to what this HR1 bill is doing. What does this bill actually do? Well, actually, we brought up a, a few topics in here, and uh, maybe a good one to talk about right now is HR1. Um, and HR1 uh, would be a complete federal takeover of elections, which is what you said. And in the United States Constitution, it does say that Congress may at any time alter these regulations. Um, however, if you read Federalist Paper Number Fifty Nine, and for any, and, and that's available online, just put Federalist Paper Number Fifty Nine and start reading through it. And one of the things that you will see is that anytime Congress is finds something wrong at the state level that the state is doing, it is supposed to be done on an exception type of a basis, where they find something wrong and say, "Don't do that," and it says very clearly. In Federalist Paper Number 59, Alexander Hamilton made it very clear when he said that if we ever let the federal government take over the elections, that would be the end of the state government. Mm. And so, uh, so that's one of the problems is that the Constitution really does not allow for something like HR one, and HR uh, one also has a, a lot of dirty tricks in it, a lot of stuff that shouldn't, you know, whether it was done by the state or done by local or done by anybody, it shouldn't It shouldn't be in any election law. Right. And uh, one of those is that uh, H.R. 1 would, uh, would make it a federal offense to do a thing called voter caging. What in the world is and, voter caging? Well, what, you know, that, that's interesting because it sounds horrible, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound horrible, <laughs> caging voters? It, it brings back memories of Vietnam, and you think to see It sounds like an AOC trying to talk about all the children down at the southern border. We're just caging them right now. But now they're just been 
facilities because the you know they're stranded, so we're taking care of them. But when Donald Trump did it, then it was you know caging children. So what the heck is voter caging? Right. Well, if you ever download HR one and it is available to download, just look search for the word caging, and you will discover that voter caging is that they say it's a bad idea, but then they define it. When you look at how they define it, what it really is is essentially verification of voter registration lists. Mm, so, so they're trying to limit the ability to actually verify voter registrations because if you're doing that, then you're caging certain individuals from not being allowed to vote, and therefore caging is bad, so therefore you're not allowed to actually verify voter registration lists. That's right. See, caging is a horrible word. It sounds horrible. Yeah. But then when you look at the definitions of it, you'll discover this is something that the left does very often, is that they first try to win the war of the word, and then they go about doing what they want to do because it, it, it makes a big difference in the debate on something. Sure. And somebody says, well, I'm on, no, I'm in favor of voter caging. Yeah. How do you? When they redefine things, when they redefine it, then they they do. They win the battle of words, and they've done that for a very long time, and it's very successful for them, and we can't let them do that. It's unbelievable. It's Kurt Hyde, the New American, newamerican.com. Go check out the website. Make sure to check out the piece as well. Kurt, we got to do this again real soon. We're out of time, my friend, but let's get you back on again soon. Okay, I'd love to get back on. Hey, appreciate it very much. we got a lot to cover with the elections. Until then, we're back at it tomorrow. Podcast going up a little bit. Be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth. And always speak some reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice Reason. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.